Warning, the following episode contains explicit content and is intended for mature audiences only. This episode contains, but is not limited to, explicit talk of genitalia, frequent use of vulgar language, and depictions of death and assault. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey there everyone, and welcome back to D&D with the Weed Cats. This is episode 2 of Riding Hell or High Water. Things are a little bit different this session, so I wanted to give you guys a preface on what's happening before we actually get into it. So we split the caravan in half for this session, and that was for two separate reasons. The first being, story-wise, it just made sense, and the second being scheduling issues between different members of the party. So the story kind of flip-flops between Ray and Wesley's side and Faye and Charles's side, but I think it's a nice contrast between the seriousness of one side and the pure chaos of the other. So I hope you guys enjoy the split episode, but next episode things are going to be back to normal. Also, I just wanted to say I'm sorry about the beginning of Faye and Charles's part. It got a little bit choppy, and I'm not sure why, but uh, it smoothens out later on. It's just that very beginning part, so bear with it, and it'll smoothen out as things go on. But I hope you enjoy this episode, and I will see you there. Previously on Riding to Hell or High Water. Charles, we need to have a chat. Who are you? Just know that when the time comes, you will abide by your commands. War on the Street is the Broad Hollow told Mountain Ridge about the little, you know, sanctions protests that we were cooking up. And, uh, we might go to war. Operation Blackout might be the fact that they're trying to take out the nuclear power plants. That's not good at all. The children are causing some problems with their prolonged exposure I'm afraid that if they stay much longer, cataclysmic events could occur. You have the kids in the bed with you, and you wake up and realize that they're all gone. What's going on? I'm trying to sleep. The kids are gone. I don't know where they went. You see Ambrosia, Millie, and Oliver walking side by side towards the woods. Uh, we should probably stop them. A pair of glowing eyes appear in the trees. And standing before you is the Tata Clan. Do you know how hard it is to get thrown into a world that you don't know anything about? You forgot one crucial detail. We don't care. It lets out a release of magical energy that sends everyone flying back. And it breaks out of the rope of binding and flies off into the night sky. Everyone wakes up uh, bright and early. Ernest pipes out and he says, we will deliver a large herd of cattle to Hopkins, and then return back here with a large shipment of weapons. Uh, you guys set up camp at night, have to be on guard. And uh, Wesley and Ray are on guard. You guys see a group of coyotes slowly creeping towards the cattle. I have an alpha wolf pelt. What if I wear it and pretend to be a really big wolf to scare away the coyotes? <laughs> You scare the shit out of these coyotes. But you also spook the cattle, which causes a stampede. Faye, you're riding point, and you begin to see a team of horses riding in from the east. Faye Maddox, as captain of the PK, I hereby state that your rights have been momentarily terminated. I was wondering whenever you guys were getting here.
last thing that happened was Oliver was about to peek his head up in interest. Ray, you are in the back of the wagon with Oliver. He says, uh, are they talking about me? I, I should see what's going on. Yeah, I would say, go ahead. And uh, as he starts making his way out of the back of the wagon, the PK captain, he starts to approach uh, you, Faye. And he says, Faye Maddox, I will not repeat myself. Do you comply? I, I comply. And uh, at this point, Oliver has made his way out of the back of the wagon and started to walk around. I see. He was with you the entire time. Very well. We shall allow you two persons to accommodate you. You will hand over your weapons, and after your deposition, they will be returned to you. Any attempts to flee, divert, or any violent acts will be seen as resistance, and you will be detained. Dan walks over to you, Faye, and he says, Hey, uh, Faye, let, let me come with you. I know Mountain Ridge like the back of my hand, and I all... I know my way around these fellas pretty well. I think I could. I think I could help you out a little bit. Mm, sure. And then all of a sudden, you hear a loud crash as the door from the wagon busts open and Spike takes off. The PK captain looks over, sees them running away, and just kind of shrugs his shoulders and looks back at you. You may bring the children along with you, as they are your responsibility. However, they must stay with your comrades. Who will you bring? And Dan steps forward. Charles, you step forward too. Oh boy. What do you do this time? I'm not going to perjure myself and say anything. Oh, that's smite. I pull out a flask and start to drink a little. As as you pull out your flask, the man says, you two, identify yourselves. And he points to your, toward you, Charles. Uh, I'm Charles Noyeth. You can call me Charlie if you like, but I... Understood. And you? And he looks at Dan. Dan says, name's Jacob Blanchard. Uh, at that point, the captain, he turns and begins to walk back towards his horse. And Ernest walks over to Yufei and he says, Listen, kiddo, don't mess with these fine fellows. Give them what they want and get your ass back home. When you get done with them, get in touch with me and let me know what's going on, all right? Will do. All right, let's follow these idiots. Uh, Tilly walks over and she says, Faye, you better stay safe, okay? Soon as you can, you write to me. And if I find out something happened to you, I'm... I'm gonna, I'm gonna be upset. It's okay, Tilly. I'll be fine. And with that, uh, the captain... Wait, get... I want to give her a little smooch on the cheek. Okay, you give her a little smooch on the cheek and she blushes. I look at Pierce and ask him for a smooch on the cheek. Who's Pierce? Wait. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I give a big punch in the arm. You old <laughs> trickster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blow him a kiss as I leave. <laughs> you little smart ass. And uh, with that, Charles and Dan hop up on the wagon, and Faye gets on Mudslide. They kind of form a gap in the middle of the group and kind of suggest that you get in the middle so that they can be in front and behind you. And this little group of you and the PK starts riding off into the, uh, into the wasteland. Wesley, Spike takes the fuck off into the waste without a word and you chase you chase after him you is that it <laughs> so you give me uh, i mean what, what's your what's your plan to get him back <sighs> fuck <laughs> you should have thought more about this i was too busy watching pierce play fucking skyrim <laughs> you didn't think you had to <laughs> i should have been thinking about it all right so wesley wesley just starts chasing after him on foot right spike is Stunningly fast 
for someone who smokes as much as he does. I, I think it's I think it's the acid. It's probably yeah. You know what? I he's tripping massive balls, so <laughs> he's having a really bad trip. He saw the he saw the the uh, what he what he knows as the cops of our time, and he fucking has gone. So there, there's not much I could yell at him, right? Mm-hmm. And Pier- I don't have Pierce's rope of binding. So let me let who's me, Pierce? Let me do a mental check real quick of what I have on me. Uh, really got a root rounded my humongous brain. All right, hold on. I almost got. I almost have a mental image. You almost have a mental my, uh, my belongings. Yeah, I'm get. I'm getting there. Wesley smoked a lot of slush this morning. Sorry, I had a mental ad. You know, you ever get those? Um, my my brain. I'll just be sitting there trying yeah. to think about something, and it's just want a break from the ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. I have, I have a mental image now. I've got everything. It's all organized in my brain now. Gotcha. All right. Um, well, I don't think a flamethrower is really going to help me. Can I? Maybe I can put him back in my inventory because <laughs> he's listed in there. I know how to get back my Walmart Tommy Chong. Oh God. So Wesley, Wesley yells out to Spike. No, he whistles like he's calling a dog. So Wesley whistles out to Spike, says, hey, hey, your boy, your boy. Do you want to watch Shrek? And out of his bag, Wesley pulls the VHS copy of Shrek he got oh so long ago, knowing it would come in handy one day. Spike whips his head around and goes, Hey man, you mean that? You mean that cinematic masterpiece? Yes. Fuck yeah. Yes, I, yes, I do. Spike, let's fucking yes. Let's go smoke and watch Shrek. Come on, bro. Everything's fine. The cops are gone. Everything's fine. The, the feds are gone, man. Yeah, bro. They're all. They're gone. They got. They. They're looking for someone else, man. We're good. Shit, I was wor- <clears throat> I you know I got a warrant. Nah, bro. That shit. That shit doesn't. That's just not good here. You're, you're chilling, brother. Everything's fine. And then, just as calmly as he was before, just all of that panic washes away. He just starts deadpan walking back towards the caravan. Awesome. Muttering to himself about how much he loves Shrek. Yeah, man. He just starts, like, humming the the, the soundtrack. <laughs> or am I, am, I still, am I still improvising? No, nah, no, nah, you're good. I do appreciate that you got the guy from the past with a copy of Shrek 2. Yeah, I told you it was going to fucking come in handy, didn't I? I fucking said it. I said it. One day, one day, this is going to be the answer. It's going to be the only thing that can help us. That's <laughs> fucking right. Alright, so you, uh, you guys get back to the caravan. And um, Ernest is like, took you guys long enough. Uh, we, we ready to go? Alright, so uh, I'm, I'm guessing Spike is going to be riding with you on your horse. Don't we got that wagon dude with us now? <laughs> well, wagon's currently heading to Mountain Ridge with Faye. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, God damn it. The one time he could be useful, <laughs> he's off fucking, he's fucking around with Faye. Alright, um, you know, yeah, 
we don't we don't have like an extra horse or like can we, can we, can we buy a horse? Is there like a horse horse store nearby? Yes, there's. You can ride a, some cattle. There's a horse store in the middle of the desert. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Try to roll for that or. <laughs> roll for horse store? <laughs> yeah, roll for horse store. Come on, I don't see a problem here. You I mean, I guess he's getting around on my horse. Yes, fine, I guess. Yes. Ow. Alright. So, yeah, the caravan, or you guys get back to the caravan. Ernest asks if everyone's ready to go. Uh, yeah, Faye and Charles and them, they're already, like, gone down the road. They're they're out of here. I said, fuck you guys, we out. Understandable. Yeah, Ernest uh, yells at the cattle, and they, they start to move on their way. You guys start riding, you know, setting up camp. But the PK do it a little bit differently, where they have more than two people on guard at a time. And a lot of them like hardly here. ever sleep. They get, like, maybe one to two hours of sleep a night, and then they're right back up. And, um... Within the next... I would like to sleep like a baby. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Want to cuddle up next to Buttercup and uh, uh, you guys, pass out. A few days go by, riding along uh, during the day, setting up camp at night, with the constant PK, with the PK on constant patrol of the area, deterring any type of opposition with ease. And every chance he gets, Dan is giving you information about the PK and how they work. Listen, Faye, keep your mouth shut. Tell them exactly what they want to hear and get the hell out as quick as possible. Don't be a smartass. Don't try to hurt anyone. And for the love of God, none of that magic shit. I was born a smartass. Uh, <laughs> no, no promises. The best way to deal with it is when they ask for a horse, you give them a chicken. I don't have don't, a horse or a chicken. Don't give them anything to grasp on. And under no circumstances, tell them that it was you that killed Ewing. You will be tried on the spot. Well, the thing is, I didn't kill Ewing. <laughs> I just, you wow. know, planned it out. Says, so, yeah, that, that may be true, but you are still an accomplice, so keep on the blame it on about that. I wanted to um, talk to Oliver before we actually got there. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hop in the wagon with Oliver and, you know, pull him to the side, get him a a alone as I can. Mm-hmm. Hey, Oliver, I I wanted to talk to you about something. Oh, okay. Now, I didn't want to tell you this because I was afraid you would be scared. But the reason why we took you the night that we did was because we felt that you were in danger and we wanted to protect you. And considering the fact that we've heard that your father may be dead, we were right. My, my dad's dead? According to the nice gentleman who brought us here, yeah. And he starts to weep. I'm going to hug him. And I want you to roll the manipulate. Okay. It's a, a seven. That's a seven plus charm, which is plus one. That's an eight. So that's a mixed success. What could I do to show him that I meant that I wanted to protect him? And <laughs> him a gun. He says... How did you know that I was in trouble? There were a lot of weird happenings at the banquet before your dad disappeared, and I was concerned that they would be coming for you. Okay, I think that's going to be enough to satiate him for the time being. 
Okay. This is all still really new and confusing and scary. I just, I just want to go home. I know you do, sweetie. And once this is all over, we'll get you home. Mainly because he's an extra kid that we don't really need right now. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a mom somewhere, I hope. All right. And now we're going to do some fun, some fun things here. So you guys are uh, riding through the wastes. It's been a couple of days since the caravan split split both ways. And um, you set up for camp at night whenever you are ambushed by ten bandits. And they come up and they're like, Give me it. So we're being ambushed by ten bandits, you say? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Sorry, I fucking got disconnected. Yeah, I was like, uh, you got, you really muted. Alright, so there's, there's ten bandits ambushing us. Can you give me, like, a, like a, like a visual, like, what, 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 what am I looking at? Like, what's in front of me? Is there, like, an open area? Is this, like, a, are they, are they, like, coming from an open area? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty open where you are, but they're all kind of spread out around one side of the caravan. So they're not, like, completely surrounding you, but they're, like, they're, Kind of grouped up? Kind of grouped up? Yeah. Okay. Um, are, we're awake for this? Is, are we awake right now? Or are we sleeping? Like, yeah. It was before everyone had gone off to sleep, so everybody kind of Okay, out. so yeah, I'm like alert. I'm on my shit. I have my things by me. Wesley pulls out his flamethrower. Okay. Yeah, so first I, I'm just like, I just walk up to them and I, you know, I'm just, I'm just straight up. I'm just like, listen. You can try, but I personally don't think it's going to go that well for you. And I just kind of uh, prop up the flamethrower, make it really obvious that I'm about to light them on fire. And I don't know what they're doing with that. I, mean, I think I got this, man. There's like 10 of us, there's like six of you. I think, I think we're good, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's about all, all Wesley needed to hear. I, I just fucking... I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good, of a catchy, clever thing to say. I've, I've got nothing. I, I just light them on fire. I'm fucking, <laughs> I, I scorch their ass. All right. Yeah. Go ahead and go ahead and roll the kicks and ass. It's like, is it late? Oh uh, yeah. It's about nighttime. Like okay. right, right after sunset. Well, I get plus forward on kicks some ass at night if I use my eye. I mean, yeah, if you want to use your eye, go for it. It'll be a plus I three. shall use my eye plus my two tough. Okay, so you rolled six, and then plus three, that's a nine. Okay, so yeah, that's a uh, that's a mixed success. Uh, unless Ray decides to help out. Yep, I'm helping out. Okay, and you're going to be using your, uh, what the fuck is it called? The power of the heart? Yeah, power of the heart. Okay, yeah. When fighting a monster, if you help someone, don't roll plus cool. Automatically help as if you rolled 10. Oh, Jesus. Which technically, according to the rules of Monster of the Week, the bandits are in fact monsters. So yeah, that's going to be a fucking a nice 10 for you. You could choose one extra effect. Uh, gain the advantage. Take plus one forward or give plus one forward to another hunter. Uh, inflict terrible harm. Suffer less harm or force them where you want them. That, that's you. He's Me? talking to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's your You're attack. talking to him. You're talking uh, to Rick. It's your attack. No, it's your attack. <laughs> you just said you can do... You What? Yeah. You 
he, you got a nine. And uh-huh. then Ray helped out, which made it a ten. Which oh, I thought you were explaining like effect. his power shit. Oh no, no, no. No, no you You went straight from did. explaining his power shit into that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, there wasn't like any like gap in between that for me. <laughs> I'm gonna inflict more harm. Alright. And uh your your flamethrower, I believe, has the check just to make sure. Yeah, it has the area effect, so you can hit more than one person if you wanted to. Yeah, that was the idea. <laughs> well, I'm going to say with a ten, you get like about four of them with it, and you're going to knock them down to, uh, you're going to knock down four of them a good, like the four in the middle, I'd say. You're going to knock them down a good three hit points. Easy game. All right, Ray, what, what, what's your plan of attack? Are any of them obviously larger and or the leader of this group <laughs> uh i'd say it's one of the ones that wesley just burned number four okay i'm going to pull out my hand cannon and fire at him all right so that's gonna be plus four can i use my leg uh if you can give me a valid reason as to how stabilizer stabilizing <laughs> I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah, fucking sure. You can use your leg. Uh, can I use precise strikes as well? I mean, you're like that fucking lady at the grocery store trying to use like 40 coupons on one item. Basically, yeah. Shit, yeah. I mean, fuck, okay. if you want to. Okay. Oh my god. Oh <laughs> boy. Oh boy. That is. Oh. That is un. That is unlucky, my friend. Oh boy. That's and fine. That's... Plus, is that plus, plus precise strike plus? Just oh. three. Yeah, it's just three. Okay, so yeah, that's one plus. Ooh. One plus anything I don't think is gonna go well. I'm gonna be real. Yeah, so that that is a nine and a four. <laughs> okay, so you are gonna hit the leader for that three horn with your hand cannon. But he's also going to um, turn around and throw a throwing knife at you, which lodges into your shoulder and pins you against the wagon. The the wagon that has the, the cattle feed and water in it. Okay. It's going to do... Uh, I'm going to say two horn. Uh, are you counting in my armor? Because no. that's completely negated. Because of my gauntlet and my sandworm armor. They're plus one yeah. armor each. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, that's, that's gonna negate it back out. Jesus okay. Christ. <laughs> and Ernest, Tilly, and uh, Teddy are also going to be taking some pot shots. And he's gonna hit one for two harm. And another one for one harm. Wesley, that, that brings it back to you. Are we sure Pierce isn't secretly the DM? <laughs> he's running things. Yeah, actually, he's DMing me stuff, you know. Or maybe right. it's the other way around. All right, See, all right. Yeah, all he's right. DMing me the plot points, and I'm putting them in. How many? So there's there's a few of them on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty charred, but there's there's mostly still standing. What? They just took a fucking hit from a flamethrower. They're just chilling. They're, they're good. <laughs> I mean, I mean they're not good, but they're not exactly bad either. It's like a little, little bit of third degree burns, but not exactly enough to take them down. 
The bandit leader, though, the one in the middle, he's 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 not looking so hot. Okay, okay. Leave me the leader. You want the leader? All right, I'll leave you the leader. <laughs> he pissed me off. I'm gonna have some fun with the rest of them then. Sounds um, you know, I dropped my I dropped my flamethrower. It's pretty sturdy. You know, it's fine. Just explodes into a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. uh, it is volatile. <laughs> I dropped the flamethrower. And they're they're pretty close, so mm -hmm. I pull out my revolver. You know, I do a little bit of a quick draw, and mm -hmm. I aim for the knees. I just I do one of those like you know those quick draws where I have my 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 fucking palm on the on the reload, and I just go pa 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 pa. Just fucking aiming for knees. Aiming for knees. Got aiming me. for knees. Roll the kick some ass for me. <laughs> <laughs> also, volatile is uh, this weapon is dangerous and unstable. <laughs> I can't. All right, all right. No, no, no. I, I did just like you know, just like drop it. I, I put it down. All right. Yeah, I put it down. Fine. And and uh, area means you can hit multiple foes. You're supposed to divide the harm up that you inflict among multiple targets. But I must say, if you get a ten plus, then it's full damage on all. So that's an eleven. For the knees, their knees are fucking done though. Uh, so you get that. Uh, you get to choose an extra effect, and I'm guessing you're gonna force them where you want them, which is on the ground with busted kneecaps. Yeah, that sounds about right. You already know. So you're gonna. Are you aiming for individual kneecaps or both kneecaps on individuals? I mean, for <clears throat> for yeah, I'm just going down the line of people, just like both of this guy's kneecaps to the next guy, both of his kneecaps, next guy. So yeah, three, three, three is right. Three sounds good. Okay, and your your revolver is one horn. Three of them are all stunned. Okay, Ray, what you gonna do? I'm gonna pull the knife that's in my shoulder out and throw it at the leader. <laughs> okay, okay, yep, that's a nine plus three. No, plus four, because you have plus four, plus one ongoing because of, uh... I'm hurt. Well, yeah, I'm because you're hurt. hurt. <laughs> quote, unquote. <laughs> Alright, so that's, yeah, that's, that's a fucking advanced... Um, <laughs> and that knife, I'm going to say it's a, yeah, I'm going to say it's a big knife, which is going to do, oh, one harm. So, uh, Pierce, your advanced, uh, effect, you completely hold the advantage. All hunters involved gain plus one, uh, forward during the fight. Uh, you suffer no harm at all. Your attack inflicts double the normal harm, or your attack drives the enemy away in a route. I'm going to inflict double the normal harm. And can I do precise strikes? Uh, yeah, go for it. Well, fuck. Okay. It's <laughs> a three plus three. It's a six. Three plus four, isn't it? Oh, yeah, three plus four. You're right. So that's going to be a seven. So that's plus one harm. Now, is that doubled after the precise strikes or before? Uh, I'm going to say all of it's doubled. Make it interesting. Precise you know, I'm trying to aim through this guy's eye since it's precise strikes. <laughs> aim for an eyeball. Gotcha. So that's going to hit him for four damage. Alright, so you aim straight for this motherfucker's eyeball. The knife slots straight in. And you hear a slight... And then he just hits the ground. And the other bandits start looking around frantically like, oh shit, 
except for the guys who have had their kneecaps blown off and they're just screaming in pain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and then Ernest and Teddy and Tilly are going to hit their pot shots. That's going to be good. Three harm on one and two and one on others. All right, Wesley. What, is there still people left to fuck up? Who's left? Uh, there's still nine people left. You say nine? Yeah. They didn't yeah, run away run. after I blew off kneecaps and fucking... How are they going to run? You blew off their kneecaps. They <laughs> threw a fucking knife into the leader's eye. Really? They're fucking... Hey, man, what can I say? They're dedicated, except for the three on the ground. They can't move. This is going to be impossible. You know... <laughs> I feel like I need to send a message. You, you know what I mean? Okay. You know what I mean? So, I'm going to use my eye for this, because uh, I just feel like that's necessary. And I'm keeping the pistol. I'm, I, 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 like, I like my little my little revolver. So, Wesley, in his attempt to make an impression on these uh, imbeciles, Wesley is going to go ahead and... Start taking nut shots since these oh shots didn't seem to quite get the message across. I got six bullets in the chamber. I only need to get one nut on each guy. I think of six different guys. I think you know. Or I'm gonna try at least. Okay. We're, I'm assuming that would be under the 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 kick some ass roll. If I had to, uh, I had a guess. I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right, okay. And then uh, yeah, plus two from tough and plus one from kick some ass. Let's see, uh, oh boy, that didn't go well. That, uh, five. Mm. Uh, you have really mm. small nuts. It's a, it's a hard shot to make. You can tell. You can yeah, tell. You really tiny nuts. <laughs> All right, so you're going to go to shoot, start shooting these guys in the nuts. But uh, one of the guys that's on the ground is going to pick up a rock and just chuck it. It's going to hit you in the head, which is going to send you into, or it's going to, confuse you and you're just gonna pop up all your shots and miss. Awesome. Nailed it. And that's gonna do it's uh, a rock so that's gonna do one harm. Alright, uh, Ray. I'm going to shout everyone fucking leave or you'll end up like that guy pointing at the leader. <laughs> Alright. You're gonna scur him. Uh, you gonna do a move or are you just gonna you just gonna roleplay it? I'm, I wanna manipulate. <laughs> manipulate, okay. Uh have done that too now that i think about it but you know shooting kneecaps is just way too much fun <laughs> well i'm hoping they understand that um we we're gonna have trouble killing all these guys <laughs> listen listen i think we're doing fine says the man who got hit by a rock <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah you got a fucking knife in your shoulder and i got hit by a rock i think you're the one that needs help more than me yeah yeah, yeah. and i killed the guy with the knife <laughs> yeah, and I have taken out kneecaps and scorched bodies. It's twelve plus. Twelve plus. Okay. Yep. But yeah, they're all so, gone. Uh, so yeah, they notice their leader on the ground, and very quickly shuffle over to grab their men with busted kneecaps. <laughs> As they pick them up, they just take off. They just take off into the wasteland running with trails of blood behind them. Uh, while they're leaving, can I set up my uh, suppressed sniper rifle and take pot shots at them? (laughs) (laughs) 
Shit. Go, go for it. But you're going to lose that uh, plus one because you're not in combat anymore. That's fine. That's fine. Nine. <laughs> so, 12 plus. Okay, yep. Or they start taking off, and by the time that they make it towards the horizon, there's not a one left standing. <laughs> just even, take it off. <laughs> even the guys that had their kneecaps blown off were, after their friends went down were trying to drag themselves away. Can I inflict double they damage? Were, they were left standing. They could be alive, they just weren't left standing. <laughs> Let's go loot, fellas. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good to me. <laughs> You're just gonna go loot? Hell yeah, we're yeah, gonna go, go loot. fucking go loot the bodies. After all that shit, yeah. <laughs> One of those cubs hit me with a rock. Dibs exactly. on that guy. Dibs on that guy. Okay, yeah, go, go for it. I guess that would be, like, technically an investigative mystery? Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, plus sharp? Yeah. Okay, I have plus one sharp. I'm the, sharp. I'm the sharpest tool in the shed. I've got plus one sharp, too. Please, please give me another nine. Please give me another nine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, that's a three. Fine, jack shit. And, uh... Yes! Oh! 13! 13. <laughs> Let's go! Okay. Uh, you wasn't expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect? Yeah, he's like, all right, yeah, they'll loot. Maybe they'll fight. They'll, they'll roll like mediocre. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Find ten million dollars. You get a high roller coin. So I'm once good. a day, instead of rolling, you can flip this coin for an outcome. Oh, and the outcome will either be a twelve or a one. Oh, I love that! Wait, once a day, I can do that. Yep, once a day. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Oh my god, that's like the perfect item for me. <laughs> that's been sitting in my items list for the longest time. Oh my god, that's like that's like the best item for me ever. Because I really do either roll a 12 or a 1. And Ray, I will give you one extra chance to loot. Okay. Nice guy. Because I rolled so well, and then I you get the leftover RNG from me. <laughs> Please, it's please, something, anything. Rolls the exact same number. <laughs> I guess this is fair, since I did kind of kill everyone. <laughs> what? In... Everyone's Besides, dead. I guess. <laughs> I slowed. They were only. They were slow. They were slow enough for you to take shots at them because they were dragging the fucking kneecap fucks that I shot. Yeah, it was a team effort. It was They're a team effort. I can't agree with that. Lit on fire. Exactly. Just... That, oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna say in in the pile of bodies. They dropped the coin in their struggle, and besides the coin, you can't make out anything else through the guts and blood that are spewed across this area. There's not even guns or weapons or anything. This is all fucking gone. They just magically disappeared. It's crazy. It's just that sniper rifle so powerful. They yeah, just... they exploded their stuff. <laughs> it's crazy. You can't even tell the difference. 
I'm so disappointed. Fuck. <laughs> it's wild. I have expected that since all of my tough rolls were great. How many rolls did that take us to kill all of them, though? Not a lot. Not that many, yeah. Like four. <laughs> and then you, like, yelled at them and they ran away. And then, I, then they all died. Surprisingly. <laughs> okay, so yeah, um, after that good old fight. <laughs> was it a fight? You uh, sure it was after, a fight? After that smackdown. After that massacre. <laughs> <laughs> that massacre, yeah. Uh, you guys keep on, keep on a moving. On the fourth day, the wagon, uh, or the, the, the group begins to see something very far in the distance. And as you press on, you finally start to see buildings. Uh, they're medium-sized buildings, some multiple stories tall that line the streets, as well as shops, restaurants, and then towards the back of town, something catches your eye. Uh, long, giant buildings fill the horizon. Things you've only ever seen in opulence. And these wide buildings, while made of the same bricks and stone as the houses, somehow stick out. But what sticks out the most is the Capitol Building. It's a very large building in the center of the city, made of what seems to be a very light-colored stone and big, thick glass panes like you've never seen before. And Charles, all of this feels familiar to you, too. Too familiar, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Oh, alright, and yeah, now I want all of you to... Or, well, both of you to make a investigative mystery roll. This is going to be plus... Eleven! Plus sharp. Oh. You don't see shit! Uh, oh, four... Six. So six. Six? Okay, yeah, that's still a fail. Um, either way, with an you eleven... You don't see shit! You don't know what the color blue is! With an eleven plus a sharp from Faye, which is plus two, that's a thirteen, so yeah. I'm going to say she fills you in so nobody's left out. Um, so as you enter through the shopping district, you notice that everyone ahead is chatting and smiling, but with that investigative mystery roll, you can see, as the PK approach, the smiles drop, and they begin to walk together with their heads down, taking side roads and disappearing into buildings. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to liberate this town at some point. <laughs> and um, as you approach the Capitol building, the PK stop in front of it, and you see large lettering on the side of the building, which reads... Saint Venage Sinte of the Perform Ars. Some fancy words. What and kind of can, fucking Spanish? And you can tell Latin. that there used to be other letters there that have fallen off and since been lost to time. And uh, the PK captain turns to you, Charles, and he says, This is where you will stop. We will take Faye to PK headquarters where she will give her deposition. Then she will be free to go. Am I understanding? Uh, I don't want that, buddy. I don't trust y'all. He I says, take us all, or you take none of us. Okay, go ahead and give me a manipulate someone roll. Mm-hmm. Six, Six plus, plus. And your charm is plus two, so that's an eight. My charming bastard, what can I say? <laughs> okay, so, he says, If you wish to come, you must also give up your weapons until the deposition is over. Alright, alright, that's fine. I'm more of a medic anyway. Dan says, uh, Hey, hey, Charles. While you're going with Faye, uh, what do you say I go ahead and restock the wagon with food and water for the trip and take care of the kids? That way, whenever she gets done with this shit, we can get the hell out of Dodge. You do that for me. And uh, also, if you find any good medical equipment, mark it down so that way when we leave, I can look at it. This is awesome. I'll make sure the kids don't get in too much trouble, and uh, I'll be back in a jiffy. 
Will do. Take care, Buttercup. And, uh, yeah, Dan rides off towards the center of town. Charles, you hop up on one of the PK's horses, or you get up with Faye, or what's your MO? Because I'm going to say get up on one of the PK members just to make that awkward. Okay, yeah, that works. Make it as awkward as possible, like, breathe into his ear and wrap your arms around his waist. (laughs) I just try can I do, like, side saddle, too, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just make it extremely You look awkward. like I'm his princess. <laughs> you can see that as as you're riding through the town, people are, are giving him very weird looks before they duck their heads and walk away. I just be giving people, like, blowing them kisses and winking at them. Like <laughs> <laughs> a little white shape, like, is mine. <laughs> so as you're riding through the streets, you see that the buildings of Mountain Ridge are different from the rest of the MC. They look similar to the buildings of opulence, but much less pristine. You can see that the buildings seem to that seem to have once been shops from before the fall are repurposed into cramped housing. One building in particular seems out of place. It's taller than most, and while the building itself is quite bland, with tons of windows, um, though most of them are boarded up. And as you draw closer, you uh, can see in the windows at least a hundred people and at least a hundred more either in the entrance scattered around the front or walking towards it and an old sign sits above the door that says well faro uh you can well tend- faro well faro yes what, well faro go with the high school with that guy <laughs> <laughs> and uh you continue down the street for another quarter mile or so as everyone comes to a stop in front of a building that does that doesn't match most of the other buildings. It's a large three-story building made completely out of stone with embellishments across the entire front and engraved above the door. It says, United States Post Office and Courthouse. And underneath that, in copper lettering, it says, Brotherhood of Judgment. The captain uh, hitches his horse, as well as the rest of the PK, and he gestures for you to do the same thing. Okay. Make the guy whose horse I was on me up and put me down. (laughs) He actively refuses and just stands at attention, <laughs> completely ignoring you. <laughs> it's too far to jump! You gotta get me down! Come on, help me out, man. Please, I'll be a little princess. And finally, after like two minutes of this, he reaches up with his hand, and he puts his hand in the air towards you. <laughs> All right, I grab it and I get down. I've had my fun with them. <laughs> as uh, Faye, as you get off mudslide, the captain says, "Follow me," and he begins to walk towards the front, uh, or walk towards the front of the building. I'm going to take my sweet time tying up my horse. Okay. Just to annoy him, because I know he wants me to get here and get it done. <laughs> I'm gonna stand by by Faye with my flask, just drinking a little. Give a small right. talk. And um, as you're walking towards the building, they bar you, Charles, from entering, as it's a legal matter, you know. Um, and so attorney. the uh, captain says, I have no idea what an attorney is. Oh, uh, you see him the before times was a guy with a wig who stood in front of a judge said guilty or not guilty oh. boy just let me in it'll be fine <laughs> he says please i'm sorry i cannot let you into a deposition this is a oh he said you'd let me in i just had to give up my weapons i said you could come to pk headquarters this is already breaking protocol but you seem nice. all right what if i ask you nicely 
it I'll with let that. You keep my hand. He just. What if I, like I ask you nicely in a back alley? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, he just kind of turns around, walks through the door, closes it behind him after everybody else goes through, keeping a very watchful eye on you to make sure you're not going to try to sneak in. Oh, I'm going to try to sneak in. <laughs> a few days later, after about a week from whenever you originally diverged, uh, the food is starting to run low, and the water is pretty much always boiling hot from the high temperature of the wastes. And finally, right as the sun begins to set, you can start to see the outlines of buildings. And uh, they're so tall that they're akin to mountains. Large skyscrapers that cut through the clouds with bright shining lights coming from all directions. Uh, even with the sunset in the background, the lights are almost blinding. And uh, as you approach, you start to see uh, the bright neon lights of the shopping district and hordes of people jumping from shop to shop. You ride to the outskirts of town, and you see a man on a horse down the way. He begins to approach, and you can see that he's very well-dressed. He's got a nice plaid button-up, and clean blue jeans, and a pair of slightly dusty leather boots. And as Ernest brings the herd to a stop, uh, the old man holds up his hand. He says, Ernest, good to see you, old pal. The best I'm going to get. What and, the uh, hell was that? Ernest says, Hey, it's nice to see you too, Jebediah. He's, and he turns to everybody and he says, Everyone, this here's Mayor Jebediah Bridger. We have a long history together. He says, Oh yeah, that we do, Ernie, that we do. Anyway, let's get that cattle off your hands. Follow me. And uh, he brings you guys to a fenced-in area on the west side of town, and without any difficulty, you get the cattle into the fence. And uh, he rides up uh, next to you, and he says, "All right, everyone, let's uh, we'll, let's ride and talk. We'll head and get y'all paid, uh, and then you can hit the hay." So, uh, according to Ruby, y'all should have a few more people. Uh, everything okay? Ernest says, uh, "I'll let uh, these two explain the hubba blue." And he points to uh, you two. So, like, listen, things happened. You know, we 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 split up temporarily. We had some some split priorities, and you know, here we are. <laughs> he says, uh, "Okay, uh, sounds like y'all y'all got some problems." Uh, no, no, fuck, I'm losing the accent. I don't know where. I don't think you ever had the accent. In yeah, it's gonna be hundred percent. I don't know what the fuck you're trying to do. He's it's not an accent. Irish. Day. It's not an accent. Trying to be Irish? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Than it's like I can That's I can some... do a stereotypical accent, but I'm trying to make it more like real, or like a real <laughs> Irish like, accent. Oh, talk to Martin. Tell you hi, toy, 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 toy. Yeah. Hi, Ernie. It, it was going to be bad hi. either way. Yeah, it is going to be bad, so I'm doing the best I can. I wish I said I'm doing the best I can, Ernie. Um, he says, no worries, no worries, Ernest. I'll give you, I'll give the credits, uh, the other credits to you. Now, uh, I, I, know you, I know you take care of you, man. Okay, Jeb, this sounds good to me. And uh, you all know, start heading towards the mayor's office. And you can see that Tilly is visibly nervous. And she says, uh, hey, hey, Ernest, is, is it okay if I go ahead and go to the cabin? I'm not 
really keen on heading into town. Uh, yeah, sure, that's fine, Tilly. I'll give you your creds later. Just bring one of the guys with you. And uh, Teddy says, I got you, Ernest. Come on, Till. And they start to ride off towards the cabin. Charles, you're sitting there, and the door, you know, closes in front of you. Then you hear a voice from behind you say, Charles! Who's there? As you turn around, you see a man, maybe in his late 30s, sitting in a wheelchair, heading your direction. As I live and breathe, if it isn't Charles North. Uh, okay, who are you? How do you know me? And do you have any whiskey? <laughs> you always were a drinker. I guess it has been a while. I used to be in your platoon, 23rd Regiment. We went on quite a few missions together. I don't know anything about a platoon or the 23rd Regiment. And as he starts talking about himself, you zone out completely unwillingly. And when you come back to your senses, you look around and he's gone. In fact, mm. the entire city is gone. Oh. You're back in Peril. All of a sudden, you feel a pain in your side as someone slams into you and throws you behind a wall. And it's the Ow. man standing in front of you, although he's quite younger now. And all of a sudden, you remember his name, Matt Puckett. And you Matt look down Puckett. and realize that you're now wearing a PK uniform. Uh, and he says, Lieutenant have, North! And he's... What? Sorry. Okay, so it has... I was gonna ask, does it, did it have any signifier of, like, rank, but you just answered that? Yeah, yeah, yeah Lieutenant. Lieutenant North, what are you doing standing out in the open like that? You're a sitting duck! I was more of a standing duck, but see your point. And you look around, and there's a group of at least 20 PK in cover behind buildings lining the street. And they're laying down cover fire, and not aiming to kill, for some reason. Uh, you remember that. What's the situation here? Sergeant Wallace is awaiting your lead to push into the Capitol building. How do these idiots let things get so bad out? Tell Sergeant Wallen to be ready to move in when I give the signal. And as you say his name, your head begins to hurt. Oh! And you close your eyes to gain composure, and upon opening them, everything seems slightly warped, and there's this red and blue tinge bouncing off of every surface. Like... Think of chromatic aberration. And the more you look towards light, the worse it gets. The world is going on right now. We need to push the Capitol building now, or we're never going to get a chance. All right, chance. all right. All right, I want five men back here waiting as medics for, for, for the wounded. Have them push in once we've got a foothold in the Capitol building. Yes, sir. And um, you... you begin to push up with Sergeant Wallen, the, the soldier. He... He follows in suit, along with a few other guys. And you push towards the Capitol building, and you make it inside. And uh, Sergeant Wallen tells you he's going to hold the front while you go in and defuse the situation. I tell him, okay, stay here, keep on your guard, but I need two men to come with me. Sir, yes sir. And you and the two men enter the Capitol building, and you see the mayor, Grover Copeland, uh, sitting at his desk with wide eyes. The leader of a raider group is standing next to him, and he's holding a gun in his hand, and is pointed at the head of a girl standing in front of him, and you quickly ID the girl as the mayor's daughter. Come any closer, I'll blow her fucking head off! You hear me? Back the fuck up! Alright, alright, just calm down. There's no need to kill anybody. Tell your men to get the fuck out of here and put your goddamn gun down! I can't tell my men to leave, but we'll put our guns down. 
I kind of motion to the soldiers next to me to do it. Okay. We just kind of just slowly yeah. start putting the guns down. Listen, all we wanted was a few livestock. We were going to buy them, fair and square. But two of my guys decided to go fucking rogue, shot a couple of his guys over poker. I thought negotiations were going well, and now he won't sell to me. Motherfucker wouldn't change his mind. So we decided to take it ourselves. We need that livestock. He called well, you, you, and here the fuck we are. Oh, if you want the livestock, here's the first thing you do. Give me the girl as a show of good faith. And then, I will help mediate un- this situation favorably that doesn't get you killed. Listen. We don't kill. We just take. And we never even take everything. Just enough to survive. We're just we're just trying to survive, man. I know that, but I need you to help me. If you want me to help you. Give me the girl. <clears throat> don't and, even um, gotta put down your gun. And uh, the mayor, then he turns to him and he says, Listen. I'll be happy to help you. I didn't understand the situation y'all were in. You have to understand that it was a shock to me and my community to have a group of men ride in and then all of a sudden two of my men are dead. I know. They fucked up. Bad. I can promise you that they've been dealt with. And if they aren't dead already, they will be soon. And he starts to lower the gun a bit. He says, I'm really sorry. I'm willing to pay extra to cover the cost of those two idiots that won't be necessary just let my daughter go and that'll be payment enough and he turns back to you charles and he says you you won't shoot me right we're we're square i don't even have my gun on me right now i'll have my men, one of my men stand outside so that no one comes in and does anything dumb until i can explain the situation and he we says, need for you to give the girl back now. Okay. And he lets her go and she runs into the mayor's uh, arms. He uh, reaches forward and begins to place his gun down on the desk. And then you hear a loud ringing and two flashes. And then everything begins to slow down. You see Sergeant Wallen standing in the window as a bullet slowly explodes from the barrel and it finds its mark right in the bandit leader's chest and the sudden pain causes him to flinch and he pulls the trigger on his own gun the bullet careens out of the small barrel moving through the air at a snail's pace you watch as the bullet hits his daughter directly in the skull deflects out and pierces the mare in the middle of his chest things begin to speed up and the ringing gets louder and louder as the girl crumples in a heap to the ground and all you can hear is a single word come out of the mayor's mouth Ruby Charles Charles are you you okay and all of a sudden you're back in Mountain Ridge I just like pick this guy up and like slam him against the wall and ask what the hell he just did Pick him up out of his wheelchair and slam him against the wall, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What the, what the fuck, man? What the hell happened in Puyo?" I'm asking him what the hell happened then that day. Does he know why Wallen shot? Uh, f- f- 
I, I, I don't know, man. You'll, you'll have to ask him yourself. Where the hell is Wallen? Where? I don't know right now. Um, last I heard, Wallen was talking with PK officials, and um, apparently Earl Middleton is up for retirement, and I think Wallen has a nomination in the next few weeks or so to be the next Brotherhood of Judgment. I just kind of slowly put him back in his chair and then slump down. What what the hell's going on, Charles? Are, are you okay? I don't know what's going on. I don't rem- I didn't remember or know about any of that until just now. All I know is I need to find Wallen and I need to know why he shot. Listen, I'll I'll dig into it for you, okay? You seem like you can use an explanation or two. But right now, I'm heading to the doctor. Um, I'll, I'll look into it, and I'll give you a call, okay? Thanks. And, uh, sorry about that. This is no problem. I have those kind of outbursts, too. And he starts to roll away. You guys and Ernest ride through a residential street, and things are much different than towns like the Skids and Broad Hollow. The people here seem genuinely happy as you ride past them, and they wave at you, welcoming you into the town. And uh, Jeb says, Oh, mind the parade. They haven't seen a caravan in years. They're great people. I'm proud to lead them. And uh, Ernest says, Yeah, I can see why Tilly wanted to hang back. And he leads you through a couple of shopping streets, and uh, before long, you find yourself in front of the Capitol building. It's a building quite smaller than the skyscrapers around it. And it's only three stories tall, aside from the large bell tower at the top and seems to have been a church before the fall. And uh, as you ride up, you see a small black sign uh, commemorating the St. Andrew's Cathedral. Uh, as you head inside, the inside is almost pristine. A large, beautifully made altar room with wooden pews atop a clean red carpet. Uh, the magnificent blue and white accents with different symbols across inside across the roof and red painting lining the top of the pulpit. And there's these gorgeous stained glass windows that line the walls on all sides. And compared to all of the other towns, and especially the mayor's offices, it is eerily clean. And he leads you through the back of the pulpit and through a door into the office, lined with bookshelves and filing cabinets filled to the brim with books and files, respectively. Being as though our town was mostly left unscathed from the war, uh, you can still enjoy the marvelous architecture of the modern world. This cathedral was built almost 400 years ago, and it still stands tall. Though most of our ancestors' history was destroyed, and much of the cities and land along with it, it's the little gems like this that show us how some things never change. Anyways, let's get to business. And, uh, he starts to transfer you all your credits, as Ernest is like, You were always one for history, Jeb. I think you know more about the old world than anyone in the NC combined. And he slides you all 11,500 credits. Huh. Hmm. Big payday. I guess it's all right. <laughs> Jeb says, uh, don't put me on such a pedestal learning. I can guarantee you that you, that more than one person knows more than I do. You're, and you're one to talk, spend an everyday fighting for your life. I think that makes you a hundred times smarter than me. Ah, uh, well, I guess we're both smart in our own ways, huh? Hey, uh, hey guys, I'm gonna go ahead and spend some time with Jeb here. Y'all yeah, go explore, have fun. But please, for the love of God, don't get yourself into any trouble. Just have a normal day for once. What? I'm offended. 
that you would even suggest such a thing. But us, me and Ray, are you kidding? Really? Come on. Come on. We are two angels that would never cause any sort of trouble. Ray shouts out, I know what I'm spending my money on. I'm going to get a cybernetic penis. As soon <laughs> oh, as he said, not, interrupting him, as he's saying this. <laughs> Ray, for just like five seconds, could you, could you just not? No. No. Five seconds. Fuck you. And I just head <laughs> off. As you guys God are walking out, you can just hear Jeb say, it's quite a crew you got there, Ernie. All right, and it's time to explore the town. There's no map. Yes. I'm scared, Dad. I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> I'm going to be giving you guys a little list here. Here are the locations, at least the main locations in Opulence. Now, there are other locations like the factories and the actual like hospitals and blah, 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 things like that. But these are the like named locations. Oh, my God. Uh, what's... What's the difference between Fairview and North Star? <laughs> I think one of them might specialize in your uh, needs, shall we say? <laughs> I, I, yeah, it is a. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna tell us like which one's the the shoddy looking restaurant, which one's the nice looking tavern, or anything like that. Give us descriptions no, of all these places. Just all of them. fucking god. <laughs> So you got your gunsmith, you got your blacksmith, you got your clothing store. The meadow market is basically because Opulence is a self-sustaining town. They have a lot of farms off outside of town that are like well guarded and protected from bandits, and they cultivate the fruits and vegetables like they do at Applewood. But then they bring them into town and they sell them. So it's basically like a normal farmers market that you'd see around your town. And then you got the smoking oven and the Western Road. Western Road is more of like a bar and grill kind of kind of restaurant, while the smoking oven is more of like a family kind of thing. Have some it's Applebee's. Yeah. Yeah, we got, we got you. Western Road is like Buffalo Wild Wings. Smoke yeah. Island's like App or like Applebee's, yeah. yeah we got and then you got the the Dewdrop and the White Liar. The Dewdrop is your uh, your kind of you know Southern bar, pool tables and dartboards esque. And then the White Liar is more of like a just like you know regular. Whenever you think of like a club bar, okay. and then we have Fairview and North Star Cybernetics. They both are fully qualified cybernetic surgeons, but uh, Fairview specializes in the more unique, like, requests mm, for like people that are, like, yeah, for people that, <laughs> <laughs> for people that want cybernetics and have the money for it, but mm -hmm. don't need them. And Northstar mm -hmm. is for people who, like, they have their leg amputated and then they work with them and they fit them for their cybernetics and work on them and tailor their cybernetics to them out of necessity. North Star is medical and Fairview is commercial. I know where I'm going then. I'm going to North Star. No, no. You'll, yes. you'll explain. You'll, you'll I'll explain. 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 Oh my god. Alright, you know what, I I kind of want to, I, 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 we should let Ray, Ray's been, been wanting this for a long time, I think we should just let him go ahead and give him the spotlight for, for a minute. See, Ray, I, I have erectile dysfunction, okay, so. 
Ray, Ray does, you mean. Ray, Ray. Ray. Yeah, he does. The, I, I'm talking in Ray, yes. As Ray, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Okay, okay. So, sure. it technically is a medical thing. <laughs> technically. Wesley's gonna go with Ray to ensure everything goes well, and also to laugh. So, uh, yeah, Do I get I'm... to keep my penis after after the surgery? <laughs> I've got some bad news for you, buddy. I'm not 100 percent sure. They might let you keep it in, like they might give you like a little jar with it in it. Uh, awesome, awesome. You could ask. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm gonna ask. Okay, now Faye, uh, you enter the building, and the captain leads you into a, a large room down a corridor. And as you enter the room, you can see a man standing towards the back of the room, uh, wearing a decent-looking suit. And posted on opposite sides are two PK soldiers standing at attention with rifles. The layout of the room uh, has a large desk with seven seats in front of it. And sitting in the middle of the room is a small desk with two chairs. The captain leads you over towards the small desk and pulls out one of the chairs and instructs you to sit. Okay, I'm going to sit down. He then walks a few feet back and stands at attention as three more guards enter the room. Two standing in the back corners and the third in front of the door. And after a couple of minutes of waiting, uh, the man in the suit begins to speak. All rise for the honorable brotherhood of judgment. Man. I do not stand. You do not? Okay. Well, then, uh, well, then the, the man waits for a second, notices you're not going to stand up, and opens the door as he begins to recite their names. Justice Franklin Myers, Justice Abraham Faulkner, Justice Earl Middleton, Justice Amanda Bonds, Justice Eula Adkins, Justice Marjorie Benson, and the Chief Justice Daniel Mullins. And in one by one, you see all seven of these people walk through the door and sit down at their respective seats. I'm going to get comfortable and put my legs up on the desk. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you put your legs up on the desk, and Chief Justice Mullins begins to speak. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> yeah, um, you walk in, and there's a, a woman sitting at the desk. And she says, uh, Hi there, welcome to uh, North Star Cybernetics. Uh, do you have an appointment today? No, I do not. But is there a way I could plan one for today? She says, "Ooh, I don't have any openings today. The closest one I have is uh, two weeks from now." I Wesley walks up, fuck, and he just slides an IOU across the desk for twenty credits. I want to remind you, just, just, just to say, you do have your ID wallet. Oh my god, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> hold on, yeah. Hold on, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm the president of the United States. <laughs> hold on, hold on, I need to... Alright, can we, like, re... let's rewind. We're gonna rewind time. We're rewinding, rewinding. We're right. Rewinding time. Before Ray and Wesley walked in, we were... So this is a flashback, real quick, before Ray and Wesley walked in. I have my ID wallet. We're talking, who should I be, Ray? Who who could I be to possibly help get you in here? A very powerful man. Yeah, but who's powerful in this? Uh, I mean, who's powerful enough to, to you know, I don't, I don't, I don't bypass? Know the NBCs. I don't know any of the NBCs. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, you could also Shut be Shut up, voices in my head. Get out of here. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Because uh, I believe a like a doctor would have the say oh my, so okay. to get someone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. We're we're 
listen, we're good. We're back. We're back. And Wesley was just having an out of body experience real quick. Don't mind him. <laughs> Everything's yeah. normal. Everything, this happens quite a lot. So Wesley pulls out his, uh, his ID wallet. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm Dr. McCoy. Uh, this man has a medical emergency. We need, we need to get him in today. Uh, immediately, actually, if, if at all possible. Okay, go ahead and roll plus weird for me. Okay. If if he if he'd use his ID wallet, can he use high roller coin as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, can I? Because <laughs> I don't have like plus to weird, so like no, it it's gonna out. be really bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, t- you can use the high roller coin for any roll that you want. Yeah, I think this I is the time. That. This is the time to use it. Oh no! <laughs> this oh, is no. the time. This is gonna be bad. How do we- I, I know how to do it. I know how to do it. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, please. Wait, so wait. Heads is... Wait, which one's good? Heads or tails? Tails? Uh, heads is good. Tails is bad. No. He- tails is good. Because heads is one. Oh. Tails is two. <laughs> tails... It's called heads or tails, okay? So tails is good. Tails is good. Yeah. Okay, it's heads okay. or but tails. The... Heads is one. Tails is two. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's... Because the ID wallet... Or the, the coin is... Yeah, the goal is the head. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because yeah, there's a pile of coins on one side and a skull on the other. Yeah, so the skull would be the head. Yeah, so we're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, fuck it, that works. Yeah, it makes it... I would call the side with the literal head on it heads. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> please, please. I know I'm crazy. Yes! <laughs> I fought for it because it's always tails. It's always tails. Every time you flip a coin, it's always tails. Oh, you're so welcome. Listen, Mr. DM. You hear me, God? We flipped tails. We did it. All right, so Mr. DM, I believe we had uh, an agreement. Okay, so uh, let me just... We ro- I just rolled a 12. This woman thinks I am, like, the most prestigious doctor in the world. So, you you present this ID, and you give her this, and she says, Oh, um, Miss, Miss, Mr. McCoy, I'm sorry I didn't realize that this was an emergency. Uh, yeah, we can get him back right away. We, we have an opening. Great, great. And uh, she says, uh, please, fo- follow me. We'll get you situated. She says, uh, what's the nature of your visit today? Uh, I have penis problems okay <laughs> so let me so he there was this old russian lady and there was this there was, she, it's, she it's broke real. It's a mess. Listen, magically listen. i'm gonna love what magically you i'm gonna grew up black and look, ray and, ray and, let me talk ray then, let me ray my, ray ray then, let me talk all right there was this so all right it's a fucking mess down there all right you don't yeah. personally you don't want to see it i don't even think the doctor is going to want to see it the surgeon's really not, no one's going to want to see this it's a mess we need this we need this fixed and we need this fixed now she yeah. says, um, okay, I will let you know that there is going to be a uh, fee for that kind of service. Of course, of course. But we do have a 100% you know, uh, guarantee on our, uh, on our uh, you know, satisfaction. If you're not satisfied, come back and we'll take the cybernetic out and we'll replace your organic um, uh, orifice <laughs> item. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, no, no, we're, we, yeah. I got you. We're on the same page. Do we get to keep the penis? Well, yeah. if you do, it's probably going to, you know, become necrotic and 
it is really what if you like put in a jar of stuff like like preserving preserving stuff you know give me a manipulate someone okay that, is, is ray charming I, does ray have charm is that a thing no ray threatens right <laughs> right that's what it is gotcha please 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 i smell please. one Oh, I smelled two ones. I smelled that's what it was. I smelled, <laughs> I smelled a one. It was because it was eleven. That's that makes sense. That's a that's a that's a big number with my tough. That's, that's a, a large. Yeah, that's a that's a. You're like you're being a little too aggressive, even. I, <laughs> I grabbed her a little too strong. Can this, can this I want my to a jar. <laughs> she 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 actively pisses herself. No. <laughs> she says, um. You know, it's you know, it's not something we normally provide, but if you want it back, I guess. Yeah, I would love it back. Okay, sure. Uh, the doctor shall be with you in just a minute, Mister Ray. Yes. Yes, Ray Colfield. Okay, yeah, the doctor will be uh, right with you. I swear, if it's Wesley working on my penis, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, Wesley leaves and comes back in doctor's trucks. That's where Wesley's gone whenever he's gone at random points. It's because he's he's actually he's working as a surgeon. Yeah, yeah. He's secretly a penis doctor. Yeah, you got me. No, um, I will say, this is a new person coming in, the doctor. Therefore, the idea wallet will have to work again if you're going to try to keep oh, up the charade. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. No. I so manipulation. My manipulation. I'll, I'll, I'll choke him, okay? Miss Faye Maddox. Present. We have summoned you today to provide a detailed account of your involvement in the disappearance of Oliver Ewing and the murder of Broad Hollow official Floyd Ewing and PK General Anthony Glover. It is imperative that you answer all questions truthfully and comprehensively, as any attempt to disrupt the proceedings of this court will be met with appropriate action. With respect to the report submitted by Captain Buckner, uh, is it correct that Oliver Ewing was under your care during the time in question? Yes, he was. So yeah, you sit in the waiting room for a little while and you hear some murmuring outside your door. And uh, eventually the door opens up and a guy walks in. And he says, uh, hello there. Uh, I'm Dr. Flowers. I'll be your doctor today. What seems to be the problem? I already know what this man looks like. Like, I have a full picture <laughs> in my head of what this guy looks like. He's got a bald spot on his head. He's got a curly array of hair going around the back of his head. He's got really large square glasses and a huge bulbous nose. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's kind of short, he too. He's not, he's not very He's really tall. pale. Yeah, he's got them, like, big, like, sausage fingers, but you know that he's... Oh, he's yeah, he, you do them. not want those fingers going up your ass. Many <laughs> <laughs> universe. Um, okay, all right. I'm like, uh, yeah, hell, hey, uh, hey, doctor. Wait, so, wait, what did he say? What seems to be the problem? Ray, you go ahead. You go ahead. You explain the problem. Yeah, I, I have, uh, extreme penis problems. My, uh, Penis is uh, not doing very good. It's been destroyed yeah, by, and, by an older Russian babushka. And magic, and, you know. He yeah. says, uh -huh, um, I see. Let me just you know, take, take a look. See here, uh, drop your pants for me. He drops I his actually, pants because he didn't realize I, he was speaking to Ray. 
Yeah. <laughs> we, both, we both just drop our name. <laughs> yeah. He looks at Jesus. I was talking about this one, but... Oh, alright. My, my bad, cock. my bad. I pulled my bag up. Hey, you're pretty hung there, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I get that a lot. And he turns and he looks at you. And he goes, Oh, fucking Jesus, what the hell happened to you? A lot. A lot happened. And he says, Listen, I've been... I've been a doctor for a long time. And not once have I ever seen a penis that swollen. Yeah, I got some issues. It looks like that it was shrunk multiple times and then grown again. I don't know how that works. That's exactly what happened. That that's that's exactly what happened to it. I don't know how you guessed that, but like <laughs> Okay, so here's here's the procedure. Here's what's gonna happen, okay? We're gonna um, electrically electrically oh. stimulate you. Um, okay. We're gonna put you over this table right here and with one nice chop and some drugs it'll be gone and you'll feel nothing. Okay. Then you go home. <laughs> um before we do that, we gotta get you. We gotta get you shut up. What kind do you want? You want long? You want skinny? You want girthy? You want? Can I have short? something that extends very, very long? <laughs> you girthy? Extend, you want the extendo dick? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I see. Now you know that's gonna run you a pretty penny. I hope you got the money to pay for it. I got the money. Just, uh, you know, a procedure like that's probably gonna cost you around anywhere between. Uh, 30,000 and 100,000 credits. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be like 10, 12,000. Okay. <laughs> this is just you guys, I got insurance. Insurance? What is that? You know, you know, I, I pay a bit, you know, and then, 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 yeah. You mean like right. quality? I think that was just some random homeless dude asking you for money. <laughs> you sure? He was really I'm pretty nice. sure, yeah. Like, he didn't like, have shoes was... on. Like, he literally had no shoes. What? That doesn't mean he was homeless, though. He could have been like. He literally home. smelled like something says, died, and then it took a shit, and then that ah, shit died. Look, look at this! And he pulls up his he pulls up his leg, and he's got no shoes on either. Oh wait, so you, you know what insurance is? Yeah. <laughs> he says, "I've never heard of this insurance, but I sure know a good person when I see one. Whenever people don't like wearing shoes, that's a good person right there." I trust this man. I trust. I think, man. yeah, I think that you're you're in good hands, Ray. I think you're in good hands. Yeah. My initial inquiry pertains to the necessity of conducting a search operation before you were located and brought to PK headquarters. Could you please elaborate the circumstances surrounding this? I have a job like any one of you do. I was working. I travel. Where were you on the night of the murders? Murders, plural. Yes, that's right. Floyd Ewing and Anthony Glover. Well, the night that I'm supposing you're asking about was the night of the PK banquet, right? That is correct. The night of the PK banquet, we took care of a bandit problem because I was terrified that they were going to try to hurt people in town. And you were there all night. Uh, we did stop by the mayor's house for a short while so that we could thank him for the banquet but he seemed to be busy talking to two people he Oliver says, at the time was feeling real sick so he had to go check up on him and I was left alone with the two people I 
I don't know what happened past that, but I had this very strong feeling that things weren't going to go right. And I'm going to say that you remember the two people being, because they did say their names. It was Marjorie Benson, one of the people sitting in front of you, and also the mayor of Mountain Ridge, and Anthony Glover, the PK general, former. Well, Marjorie was there. She talked to me. Uh, she knows I was in the office. And the last I saw uh, the other gentleman, uh, he was alive, breathing, and he walked out the door with Miss Marjorie. All right, let me let me run the numbers here. And he starts, uh, he pulls out this, this nice machine that he can use to calculate numbers. He says, I, uh, I believe they called this, this little piece of old technology here, got it from the museum down the road. I believe they call it a cacalator. It's pretty pretty cool piece of technology. What's it do? He says I can type in the numbers and then they can multiply, divide, add, subtract, all without me having to do nothing except push some buttons. I, my brain doesn't have to work. I can. What's multiply? He says, oh, it's a. Uh, sorry, I forgot. Most people don't have a <clears throat> doctorate in penile surgery like me. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> And so he just starts, he just starts. Okay, uh, uh, all of that is going to come out to uh, 12,542 credits. Okay, is there any way I can, how, how, how big is this going to be be able to extend? Well, with that kind of credits, as, as long as you want within, you know, the confines of my expertise. How, how girthy would you say this is? Can, 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 give me a size. <laughs> And he reaches over and he grabs he grabs a bottle of rubbing alcohol or ice purple alcohol. Ah, you know, I think it'd be about like about about, about like this. <laughs> uh, would you say that if I were to extend this fully, would it be able to hold my weight? Like if I were just leaning forward and extend it, you know? He wants to know if he can do cock push-ups. Or, you know, like a, like a tripod, you know? I don't know if anybody's ever tried to use the hydraulics like that before, but that'd be an Hydraulics! <laughs> He's just, listen, I'll tell you what. If you want to experiment with those kind of hydraulics, you can come back here, give me the results, tell me exactly what happened, and I'll replace it free charge if it breaks for you. Is there a little, it, little special deal between you and me. Is there any type of extra... Um, Attachments could I could I attach to it? <laughs> what kind of, kind of attachments were you thinking, my friend? Yeah, you got like maybe a laser, like a laser cup holder, attachment, <laughs> a cup holder, a, a, like a like a warming thing, you know? An ashtray, <laughs> a I Swiss mean, Army knife. Yeah, yeah, I could use some of that. Well, it's gonna have synthetic skin that has natural warming properties because you know nobody wants uh, <laughs> nobody wants a cold rod inside of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, speak for yourself. I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> I've never experimented with that. Uh, any type of attachments before. It's just... <laughs> interesting <laughs> hypothesis. Interesting thesis. <laughs> and also, he... It, all of a sudden, he, like... He slides away on his little rolling chair. And he <laughs> pulls his hand up to his hollow. Or whatever the fuck... His phone. Whatever the fuck we're gonna call it. I still need to think of a goddamn name. He says, Hey. Hey, Tom. Yeah. I think I finally got a big breakthrough for my thesis. I'll let you know. Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> and he relies back over. He goes, "Sorry about that. Uh, family emergency." So, uh, any any type of attachments in mind? Any specific ones? Can you make laser, it shoot bullets? La 
laser attachments, you know? Maybe, maybe, I don't know, help with aiming? No, that's what the hydraulics do. When you stay, you, you use yourself as a tripod and then you aim your gun. But, but you know, a laser could help too. There could be an interesting, an interesting experiment with that. If I put <laughs> a laser inside of your urethra, whenever you pee, will it bend the light? Well, that, that's, that's... This man's a genius. <laughs> Ray, I think you should work very closely with this man. He could be your future. Just become a fucking cyborg. I can see it now in the medical industry. Flower and coal field. I can see it. <laughs> I, can, I can see it. 100% see it. I will donate your startup. Subsequent to the departure of Justice Benson, were the victims subject to any form of harm or immediate danger? I felt that Mr. Ewing and his son may be in danger, not because of me or any of my colleagues. I felt that he was in danger, so I did talk to Mr. Ewing about taking his son with us for safety. I'll, I'll, I'll drop a little bit on the later charges and we'll make it 12,500 even. How does that sound? See the whole 42 credits, Ray. Um, could, could we somehow make it exchangeable attachments? As in, like, I don't know, extendo knife blade, you know? A knife penis. Interesting, interesting. And he just slides back over again and he goes, Tom, I have another idea. Yeah, I'll get in touch with you later. Bye. <laughs> that could be very, a very, very interesting experiment. You can see at this point he's getting, like, visibly excited. <laughs> oh, I, I can, uh, you seem to have, Doctor, um, uh, your, 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 uh, genius is showing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it grows, it grows with my ideas. It's really, really interesting. I linked it to my neurological cords and my brain. Whenever my mind starts racing and I start thinking about ideas, up it comes. It's like a light. It's like a, like a, like a, like a, like a light like a light bulb going off. It's pretty pretty cool. That's a that, that makes me think. You know, can you get, make it glow? Oh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> We're gonna be here for ten hours just figuring out the fucking attachments for this penis. <laughs> You should have went somewhere else, Wesley. I'm sorry. No, man, I'm here for this. I'm here for this. This is all I needed to know. This is the adventure. Everyone's just staring at my penis. Is like, this is the campaign now. This is the plot. I can see just it like you're just laying down experiments. on the table. <laughs> we need to bring this doctor with us. He needs to be like the newest addition to the caravan. Ooh. Oh, I should I should have. He needs to follow Ray around for studying purposes. Yeah, manipulate. We could we could manipulate him after this, you know, if it works out. What do you manipulate? I feel like this dude's already got like one foot out the door with us. Basically, yeah, like that. But but like um, <laughs> like really Ray, Ray's naturally circumcised, so it's like. <laughs> well, you know, I'm pretty sure he could fix that if you wanted him to. Oh yeah, it's a fucking cybernetic. <laughs> Upon your departure, did you leave the victims in any state of harm or immediate danger? No, sir, I did not. If anything, Oliver was safer with us. Who was present during your time at the Broad Hollow Capitol building? Uh, Ewing, Marjorie, and Glover was there, along with uh, Oliver, who was upstairs. Uh, as I mentioned, he said that he was feeling sick, so Ewing had to go check on him. Was there anyone else present? Not that I'm aware. He says, okay, let's see. How about this? We'll go ahead and we'll go through with the laser. 
Okay. For a while, if everything works works out according to plan and my research goes well, I mean, uh, your 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 cybernetic goes well, then uh, we can you can come back to me. You can deliver the results, and I will be in the meantime working on that light attachment. To see what we can do about that. <laughs> Every time you come back, you can give me another idea. And I can start working on it. All right. Since we got ourselves a deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And he go and he he pokes his head out of the room, and he grabs this massive stack of papers, and he says, "Sign these, please." Uh, this is just ensuring I, that if you uh, have any type of accidental death, infection, or illness, I, I am not liable. Just Wesley, we have an issue. Ray doesn't know how to write. He never <laughs> learned how to fucking write. Well, actually, anything you write is your signature. I put a squiggly line. You could literally draw a smiley face and it would literally be your signature. <laughs> I I draw a picture of a penis. What was the rationale behind having Oliver Ewing in your custody at the time of PK interception? I asked Mr. Ewing if he would like us to protect his son because I felt things were going wrong. I had planned on bringing him back whenever we did our rounds because we have to go back to Broad Hollow in our rounds. So I was going to take him out for a round, show him around a bit, make sure that he was safe and bring him back. I'm going to call a nurse to be a witness to make sure that, uh, you know, we sign these things correctly. And she walks in and she goes, oh my God, what the fuck happened to his penis? And he says, he turns around and he says, the future, Emily. <laughs> this is fucking awesome. It's so bad. I don't think we can. I don't. I don't think we can do this episode, man. <laughs> no, it's fine. There's an 18 plus warning at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, but this is good. so much cock talk, okay? Yeah, 18 <laughs> could be plus. A podcast. What do you mean? It could be a podcast. Talk, talk. <laughs> okay, so you, fin you finish filing the paperwork. He tells you he's going to get everything ready to come back in in the morning, and he'll get we'll, they'll get started on your surgery. Wesley, did you want to do anything else? <laughs> or everything's going perfectly according to plan. Uh, can, can we go to the the the, the, the weaponsmith? <laughs> the gunsmith. The gunsmith. Wait, yeah. so wait, what's we gotta wait for what now? What's happening? Tomorrow. I thought we were getting his penis. We have to think we have to wait for tomorrow, don't we? Oh, so we tomorrow? We can do? Yeah, it's going to be tomorrow. So okay, guys... well, we're going to the Hall of Gizmos, then. We're going to the Hall of Gizmos. You're going to go to the Hall of Gizmos? Okay. And, Ray, you want to go to the... Gunsmith. Gunsmith. Okay. Do you guys want to go together, or...? Sure. I mean, sure, okay, fine, yeah. <laughs> All right, so which one are we going to first? We're going to the Iron we're going to the Hall of Gizmos. Hall of Gizmos, okay. Hall of Gizmos. Finally, can you clarify... Or to clarify, can you confirm or deny any responsibility for the deaths of the victims? I'm gonna deny because I haven't done anything. So yeah, you guys uh, walk into the Hall of Gizmos, and uh, there's a woman standing behind the counter, and she goes, "Ah, welcome, welcome to the Hall of Gizmos. Uh, treasures from." The technological age of ancients past, whatever the fuck. It's old shit. How you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. And I pull out the Shrek VHS tape and I say, I need something 
that can play this. And she says, oh my goodness. Is that Shriek? Is, it, is that what? Shriek. The, the big green man, onion man, Shriek. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's only one E. It's Shrek. She goes, ah, I see. Uh, I don't have my glasses today. I might be able to help with that. And she says, okay. follow me, follow me. And she starts walking towards uh, towards the back. And she starts sorting through old electronics that are just covered in dust. She she first pulls out a CD player. She says, nope. Ah, fuck. Too, 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 too narrow. She pulls out an 8-track tape player. She goes, nope, too, too small. And then she pulls out an old, dusty VHS uh, player. And she goes, hmm. Uh... May I? And she reach, she reaches her hand out for the for the for the tape. Right, well, Wesley gets a little uh, he steps back a little bit. He's a little a little touchy with his with his VHS tape. And she she holds it out in front of you and she says, "I just want to make sure it's a fit." I'll I'll put it in. Don't worry. I'm I'm pretty good at putting things in holes. <laughs> she goes, "Oh, I I, I see." Um, well, look, look, look at that. Look at that. She goes, "It's a." It's it's a perfect fit. How about that? Um, I done a lot. And um, as she's like looking through, she goes, "Well, I don't see any cables. This is a problem. Hmm. If you can do investigate a mystery and get a twelve or above, I will give it to you. But if not, the mystery continues." <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, investigate. <laughs> All right, all right. Yeah, the word dice. Twelve. <laughs> Modifier one. Let's see the mutt Oh. <laughs> and she starts, like, ferociously searching through this box, trying to find it. She's just, fuck, shit, fuck, goddammit, fuck, bitch. She's like, I can't find it anywhere. I can't find the cable. And she seems like, she, she seems fucking upset. She's like, why does nothing ever have the cable. She says, I have all these cables. And you know what they go to? Nothing! Why did humans of the past have to make such unnecessary cables? Why did everything have to have a different cable? Why can't you just have one cable? I don't understand. Not me personally ranting about the different types of cable for fucking everything. (laughs) Definitely not a (laughs) self-insert. Are you trying to take the VHS player with you? Listen, this is one more piece of the puzzle, alright? I'm taking it with me. Okay. Yeah, I got what pretty good at manipulation, you know. I don't know. Was that English? <laughs> Were those words? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I caught like a word or two, something about manip- some. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, I got pretty high manipulation. I could, you know, I don't know. Uh, Do something. <clears throat> I got, you know, I have a literal ability that manipulates people. <laughs> True. Oh, well, I guess I'll just put this back in the storage. If you can find a cable for it, then I'll be happy to let you use it, but you know. Oh, oh hold on. Hold on. All right, how, old is this, how old is this lady? She's about let's say like she's pretty up there, like 70. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. But she's like one of those like fit grannies. Okay. All right, I can, I can get it. All right, <laughs> all right. So Wesley, Wesley doesn't need 
mental dominion. Wesley doesn't need the ID wallet. Wesley is is the coolest cat. All right, he he's out here. He fuck. He could he could he could pull. He could pull a woman. All right, so I feel like this would be well. I could see how this you could see this as this being potentially manipulating someone. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm trying to act under pressure because, you know, this you know, cute girl. I'm, I got a lot of pressure on my shoulders right now. Well, I think to uh, to fuck anyone, that'd be, you know, having to manipulate them at least a little bit. Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so you're going to try to you're going to try to fuck the gilf. Well, all right. Listen, it's for Shrek. <laughs> it's for Shrek, right? So I, I, you know, I, I propose, I propose to her, you know, maybe, maybe we, I take us out, out to dinner at the, hold on, let me, let me open up the, the uh, at the, uh, at the, at the, the smoking oven. Mm. Wait. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. We go out to dinner at the smoking oven and, uh, we, we talk about, you know, me potentially going home with that VHS player. You're gonna to try to ask her out on a date, essentially. Yeah, that's step one of the, that's step one of the plan. Okay. <laughs> you can roll to manipulate. You know, really woo her. All right. Fuck. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, Listen, I appreciate the offer, but I'm a little bit too old for you youngins, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, oh god. Okay. All right. This is this is not. Wesley does not have much luck when rolling when women are involved. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anytime a woman is involved and Wesley rolls, it's literally like a one to a three. But the yep. the, the, the Russian-esque bartender getting 12s all around. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. When it involves drugs? When it involves or drugs alcohol. or alcohol, it's 12 every time. <laughs> when it involves a female, it's ones. Uh. Could I do anything? I mean, if you want to try to manipulate I... her somehow. Yeah, I'm going to go up to her. How about you let us borrow it? We'll bring it back, but we need we 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 need this for now. Science. <laughs> for science. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and roll manipulate. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna fucking threaten this old lady. You fucking. <laughs> you are such an asshole. She goes. For science, you say. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll tell you the results after we're done with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um. Take you, you can you can have it. Yeah. Go. Thank go you. ahead. Thank you. And even though you you weren't saying that very threaten threateningly, there's just something about your demeanor that just demands that kind of. Just like a her. six foot four ripped dude with a fucking cannon strapped to his cybernetic leg. Mm-hmm. In yeah. front of this tiny little fucking five foot four frail old lady. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe it's a yeah, maybe it's just a little. But we're, we're in opulence. We're like in the most the safest town, I would say. So she is, he's no. She's yeah, so no seeing character. some fucking rugged caravaner. <laughs> yeah, I'd be fucking yeah, I'd be pretty scared about her. To be honest. So we get that, yeah. Uh, yeah, you you have acquired the VHS player, but You've still no cord. We've done it. And that's my gift for helping me get my cybernetics. Yeah. <laughs> right, we are, we're even, 
we both got the things we, we wanted more than anything else. Exactly. <laughs> Mine's right. just a little bit more obscure. Now, kindly, please provide us a detailed recollection of the events that transpired on that night. Um, after the banquet, we went to a few shops. The rest of my caravan members went back to the caravan. I went to go thank Mr. Ewing for the banquet because it was very nice. And whenever I walked in, Marjorie and Anthony were there and they were talking to Mr. Ewing about something. I don't know. I couldn't really hear. And I knocked on the door and tried to thank him. And at that time, uh, Oliver said that he was feeling sick and Mr. Ewing had to go take care of him. After that, I stopped and talked to Marjorie and Anthony for a little bit uh, so I could get a little bit of a broader scope on what was talked about at the banquet. And after that, they left, and I left right after them. All I needed to do was get my stuff together. In the morning, we I asked Mr. Ewing if I could take Oliver with us because I felt that he wasn't safe. I also felt like this would be a good opportunity for Oliver to get out and broaden his horizons. Mr. Ewing accepted, and we took Oliver with us, and we left early that morning. Mr. Ewing was in one piece whenever I left him. Okay, that is all. Captain Buckner will now escort you back. And, Miss Maddox, next time, please don't make us go searching for you. Well, I wasn't really told <laughs> about you guys needing me until you guys walked up in front of me and I was apparently needed to tell my story about a, two apparent murders. Very well. And then uh, Captain Buckner walks up to you and he says, please, come with me. And he leads you out of the building back towards your horse. So after that, we are headed to the gun store. Uh, you walk in to a uh, pretty gruff man standing there and he says welcome to the iron crowd how can i help you hi do you have any special type of ammo by chance you say. yes <laughs> yes yeah i'm pretty sure yes is the correct answer to that. yes yeah okay cool yeah i think you said okay. they have it in the back yeah, I think. Starts, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he starts walking towards the back room, and he says, "You, you just hear him in the back, just." And he walks back up front, and he says, "Someone I didn't get. I'm be real. I didn't get that is there, one. Is there something in your throat, sir? Is there?" Uh, you're not even trying anymore at this point. And he says, yeah. <coughs> Sorry about that, fellas. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Wait, it's been a pretty rough morning. I've been a little sick. How can I help you? You need some special ammo? Uh, yeah. From what I was saying, I don't, I don't think we have anything like that in the back. All right. Could you? Yeah, I, I show them all. I, I just basically lay out all my guns on the surface mm -hmm. and tell. Is there any way you could modify any of these? I, I'm looking for something that would pack a punch. Pack a punch, you say? You know, I love punches that need packing. That's 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 me, old old 
of Wiley the <laughs> Wild Coyote. That's me. Oh, Wiley Skinner. That's me. <laughs> he says, "Well, I'm gonna give you a thing or two. That uh, revolver you got there looks pretty shit." It is. I never use it. That looks like pretty shit, but it looks pretty, and I could probably make some money off of it. So how about you say, for that revolver and about 200 creds, I'll trade you this 9mm. Not interested. Okay, okay. I have it your way. Is there anything else I can help you with? What, what, kind of, what kind of upgrades or anything were you thinking? I, I just want either making something silent or more damage. <laughs> or somehow more accurate. I mean, if you want, I can put a silencer on that 22, which wouldn't... No. <laughs> no, I would you, never use it. I mean, I would say if you did, it would make it, instead of quiet, like your suppressed sniper, because mm -hmm. it's a 22, it would make it silent. So, like, video game style. Oh, okay. Ooh, actually. Hey, Wesley, would you like a silent revolver? <laughs> oh, I, so, I have a question real quick. Why is my revolver magic? Um, because you wanted a magic gun. <laughs> yeah. When? At the very beginning of the campaign, over a year ago. And how? <laughs> I think... What about it makes it magic? I think it was yeah. either we could have taken another weapon or made something magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What makes Probably... it magic? <laughs> I'd say probably, like, it's got, like, magically imbued wooden handle. A little bit of magic in the wood. Uh huh. <laughs> what does that do for me exactly? Uh, if there's a if there's a monster that's weak to magic, that bullet's gonna fucking hurt it. Okay. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, we could throw a silencer on my my revolver. I'll pay for it and just give him the the twenty two revolver. <laughs> okay. If possible. Oh, yeah, we're doing a trade. We're doing a trade. You're just going to get rid of your revolver because you don't fucking want it. No, I don't. It's garbage. I don't use it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wesley, you got yourself a nice new suppressed revolver. Very nice. Very nice. Um, did you want to pick up another gun, Ray? Or... What do they have? Hmm. They got, like... Opulence is the gun manufacturer, so pretty much everything you want, you, like, you can find. Everything? Like, okay, not everything. <laughs> most things. Do you want an M249, perchance? No, do, because do I know exactly what he's talking about, and it's the fucking grenade launcher. Oh my no, god. No, I, I, I want well, uh, hold on. a jackhammer. A jackhammer? Jackhammer is a fully automatic shotgun. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's an auto shotty. An auto shotgun. Interesting. Let me let me let me stock the inventory real quick. Take a look, see what we got. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> I will give it to you for or something like that. Probably run around like two thousand credits. I'd say. That's fine. Be a pretty big, pretty big purchase. I'll pay more. I'll pay four thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you with a actually I only have two thousand. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I just change it. From oh yeah, you too. Yeah. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to make an entirely new shotgun. Oh. Because there's nothing like that. 
Yeah, there's nothing like that. I think and... it's going to be three arm, automatic, uh, messy, close, because I'm going to say that this is an experimental weapon, so it's oh, yeah. unreliable. And I think that's some pretty good tags for it. Yeah, that's fair. Could you by chance give it area? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a automatic, so that makes sense. Because my assault rifle has area. <laughs> Got your new auto shotgun. I'm making Ray even more overpowered than he already is. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> hey, that's fun. Makes it fun. So. And could yeah. I sell my sawed-off saw, saw shotgun? <laughs> sell your... Sure. Uh, sell it for 900 Can I manipulate it to get a higher price? <laughs> says, oh, man, a shotgun like that has been used at least a few times. Give you 900, but yeah, you can manipulate. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more. This thing is very prized. I found it very long ago. It is It is a vintage sawed-off shotgun. Five plus that's three, good. that's an eight. He says, okay, how about this? He says, I'll, I'll give it to you for 1,100. A couple of hundred extra credits, right? Mm -hmm. If you, the next time you're in town, come back and give me your report on that shotgun. See how good it is. That's a good deal. I shake on it. Okay. That was his stipulation. You have to come back and report. That's good. That's a good deal. Everyone in Opulence is all kind of about, you know, knowledge is kind of their thing. Yeah. Okay. How's, how's everyone feeling about the events that have transpired today? I am fucking happy. <laughs> Honestly... I don't even think you need to edit this. This is uh, this is pretty. Uh, you think, I think we nailed it. One take. <laughs> pretty high octane gameplay. Okay. Either this is the episode that makes people love us, or the episode that scares everyone away. Yeah. This is I hope really not the latter. <laughs> yeah. Because this is us in our pure form, basically. This is the purest like, form. If this yeah. scares people away, we don't want those people. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Because this is our purest forms. <laughs> Pure chaos. Basically, yeah. All of our characters are basically chaotic. That's why I had to keep a running commentary in the background. <laughs> Miss Maddox, you are free to go. Here are your weapons. And Mr. North, here are yours. I want to tap him on the shoulder and I, I want to ask him who Zacharias Wallen is and where he's at. I cannot give the location of a PK official, but I will Can't say... You? That General Wallen. Me? An old buddy of his. If you were looking for information on General Wallen, I am not the person. But uh, if I mean, if you want, you can give me a manipulate someone check. I want to manipulate him. Like I wanted to just start squeezing my robot hand on his shoulder. Like help me. Okay. Well, yeah. Give me a manipulate. Oh, uh, plus two charm. Yeah. Seven. Five plus two seven. Yeah. If you wish. I can get our. I I will pass a message to Mister or to General Wallen to tell him to contact you. Please do so and tell him to make it quick. I let go of him. Take this as well, and he hands you Faye a PK communicator one way. The next time we need to reach you, we will get in touch with you. Until this investigation is closed, you will keep this PK communicator on you at all times. Is that understood? I will try my hardest. Any attempts to evade our call will result in an immediate arrest. You're, you're, uh, riding 
or you're uh, walking back towards the Capitol building whenever you see Dan uh, and Millie roll up on the wagon. And he says, hey, y'all, uh, Charles, you, you all right? You look like you just got hit by a 10-pound sack of feed. I like a 20-pound sack, but I'll tell you about it later. And I kind of look at Faye, like, indicating I want to tell her at some point. All right, uh, Faye, you notice this look? I'd say yeah. All right, well, I got enough food to last us until we get to opulence. Uh, and he pulls out a little bag, and he says... I also picked this up from Millie, and it's he pulls he opens up the bag, and pulls it out, and it's like a brand new outfit from her rags that she was wearing. Cute. Millie says, "Yeah, I I really like it. It's nice. It's a very nice outfit." And yeah, can so, I tell if she's lying? Let's say she's not lying, but you can tell that she's she's happy for it because of the fact that it's a brand new outfit, but it's not exactly something that she would normally wear. I'm going to take this bitch shopping. All right. Uh, y'all y'all ready to get the hell out of here? I want to stop by the store first. I want to stop by a boy. <laughs> Are y'all sure about that? I mean, we can... I mean, we can, but it's we can also just stop, anyway. stop at Opulence, you know what I mean? I'd like Let's to stop the by kids. the store before we go. Let's let the kids last a little longer before we head out. You said you're going to go to the clothing store, right? I'm going to go to the clothing store with Ambrosia and Millie. Okay, so this is going to bring us to nighttime. So, uh, you guys head to the caravan cabin for the night, and you notice that the cabin is a lot different than the ones down south. Instead of a run-down shack on the outskirts of town, it's a relatively nice building. Uh, and it's not quite on the outskirts, but not, you know, in the center of town. It's in the middle of the commercial district, and it's big enough for everyone to have their own room. Uh, Ernest walks in pretty late, as everyone's getting ready for bed. And he says, okay, everyone, uh, we're going to hang out here for the next couple of days. Head out the day after tomorrow. So uh, you can hit the town t uh, again tomorrow if you want. And then uh, we'll head out uh, after, you know, afternoon. So y'all can get a little bit of rest if you need to. And so everybody, you know, gets ready to go to sleep. Okay. So, yeah, you guys... Uh, are you, are you guys going together, or are you going separately? Well, I was assuming I was going to go to the boutique with the kids. I'm going to a bar. Charles needs a drink. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Faye, you go into the uh, Busy Plum Boutique, one of the only clothing stores in uh, Mountain Ridge, and uh, you walk in and somebody says hello welcome to the busy plum boutique how can i help you today yes i'd like to clothe my children you didn't have to word it like that but sure no problem any any specific style you're looking for i'm gonna push the kids forward and say they can pick out whatever they want in a manageable price range millie already feeling bad about dan spending money on her picks out an outfit that's like a hundred credits and ambrosia was a little bit more not understanding about the currency of this world. She picks one that's like 250. Okay. Do you girls like the clothes you're picking out? I'm gonna say that Ambrosia does like the outfit. Millie likes the outfit, but there is an outfit that she likes more, but it's way like more expensive. I would like to pick out the outfit that she likes more. Well, I'm gonna say that outfit is going to be worth. 375 credits. 
Okay, that's fine. Is that all you wanted to do, is get them a nice outfit? Yeah, I wanted to get them outfits that they were comfortable in that they liked. Well, yeah, they, uh, especially Millie, thanks you profusely. Oh, you don't have to too... thank Yeah, I'm not going to act out two little girls at the same time being excited over clothes, but... <laughs> oh, you on. made me out, act out a dog, so you have to act out these children. Uh, just... You made me sing. You made her <laughs> sing, and you made me act out a dog. You have to act out these children. <laughs> fine, fine. Ambrose just like, this is so cute. My mom's going to love this. And Millie goes, this is a little, a little bit too too much money, but thank thank you. Sweetheart, you don't have to thank me. This is my job. I told you I would take care of you. I'm taking on the mother role. This is my job. You don't have to thank me for any of it. And she just kind of slightly nods and smiles and starts talking to Ambrosia about their new outfits. And Ray, you took oh. him to bed, uh, having a room to yourself for the first time in years. Fucking awesome. Yeah, you know, sleeping nice and well because of the deal that you made that's going to go through tomorrow. <laughs> and um, an unsettling quiet washes over you, and you close your eyes and drift off to sleep. And then you hear a voice. Ray. Ray. <laughs> you feel something touch your shoulder. She says, Ray, it's time to wake up. I jump out of shock and basically I, I, I'm, I'm prepared for whatever's about to happen. <laughs> you jump up and open your eyes and there's no one standing next to you. But there is a woman sitting across the room in a chair that wasn't there whenever you fell asleep. And she's a beautiful woman with long blonde hair and piercing blue eyes. And she's wearing this gorgeous white dress. And she says, Hello, Ray. No need to be afraid. You've been working hard these last few decades to find out what happened, haven't you? Oh, who are you? How did you... What? I see it. Your pain? I feel it. You want the truth don't you? Yeah. Yes, I do. I can tell you everything. But first, I have one question. What? Are you ready to find your destiny, Ray Colfield? I... I don't know. All shall be revealed soon. And as a testament to your commitment, um, I have but one request. A deal of sorts. What do you need? Tell no one about this conversation. Not even your friends. And I will explain everything. This will be our little secret. Okay. That's my little warrior. Good night, Ray. And without a second thought, you fall backwards and fall asleep. And uh, we're going to cut to Charles. Um... I mean, it's pretty simple. Charles finds the nearest bar he is drinking a lot. Okay. You walk into the sweet and sour sea dog. <laughs> sweet and sour sea dog? Yeah. Can I ask the bartender for some sweet and sour sauce with that? Should we make it extra sour? And you can tell that, like, the, the person behind the bar, 
They have feminine features, but a very masculine attitude towards them. Like, you want that sweet and sour, huh? Nah, just make it the sour. Mmm. One of those days, huh? I gotcha. Uh, you know it. They, uh, look at you, and they say, Hmm. You look like you could use a whole bottle today. Yeah, just go ahead and leave the bottle. I'll pay for it now. Alright, yeah, I served. I give you a good deal. How about I give you... I'll give you the whole bottle for, uh, $2.25. How's that sound? That'll do. I just take the bottle now, and I, I pour some into my glass, and then start drinking the rest. It's got you down. Well, I may have just found out that I was in an evil organization that wanted to hunt and kill people, and may have accidentally gotten some people killed. The usual. Mm-hmm. So you are PK. That's what it looks like, apparently, though I had no idea. Says, ah, oh, well, I can't say I'm a big fan of them myself, but you know. That stays between us. And I give you a little wink. This raises the bottle to him. They say, I'm not trying to get on trial for dissing them or anything, but glad you glad you got out. Because, you know. Yeah, I just need to find out how I got out. The bottle will do that to you. As much as I want to blame the bottle, I don't think that's what happened. Yeah, you guys spend a little while chatting. Uh get in a rapport with each other, you find out that their name is Harley Fry. Uh, Dan, looking increasingly more paranoid, says, alright, um, do you, you, you guys ready to go? Yeah, yeah, hop in the wagon, big boy. With the kids happy, I am ready to go. Alright, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and hop in the back, if that's alright. Yeah. I haven't showed my face too much for one day. And, uh, he jumps into the back of the wagon with, uh, the kids. And you guys are about to start out for uh, your ride whenever Faye, your, uh, not your PK communicator, but your regular communicator, starts buzzing. Let's answer. Okay, yeah, you answer, and you hear Ernest say, uh, Hey, Faye, everything all right? I told you to call, and you never did. We just got out, and we're about to head out now. All right, awesome. Well, y'all get the hell out of there as fast as you can. We're going to head out day after tomorrow morning. So that way we can meet y'all kind of a little bit halfway. Sounds like a plan. All right, yeah, we'll see y'all. Then we can make our way back to Peril. And uh, with that, he hangs up, and you guys get on the trail. And uh, you wake up bright and early the next day, ready to head out. And uh, as you awake, Ray, you find that there, or that the woman in the chair is gone, with no trace that anyone had been there, except for a piece of paper on the nightstand. I pick it up and read it. Okay, yeah, you open it up and you read the three words scribbled onto it. And it says, remember our deal. I eat the paper. As you go to stick the paper in your mouth, it lights ablaze, turns to ash, and then flies up towards the ceiling and disappears. Okay. And uh, now, going to figure out what are you guys going to be doing for the next day. We're not going to role play it out. Ray, you're going to be getting your surgery and going into a bit of recovery. Wesley, what about you? Well, Ray's just like busy doing his surgery. his surgery. Yeah, I get my surgery. Surgery. I'll be high off the fucking Oh, I, I know what I need to do. I know what Wesley needs to do. Wesley needs to find someone who sells Mirage fast. Okay. Speaking of that, I guess now would be a good time. <laughs> what? 
Uh, Wesley. Yeah, how's it going? It's been a little bit too long. It's been a few days, yeah, it has. Yeah. As you're going to look for somebody, uh, to look through some, uh, to look for some mirage, you start to feel the need to, uh, snort some flashbang. Oh. And now you, I'm giving you the choice to either take some flashbang now, uh -huh. go to the doctor to try to get some rehabilitation for the day, or you can roll for withdrawal. Can rehab cure me? Uh, yeah, rehab can cure you. They can give you some. They can give you some like specialized drugs that help you with your addiction. Leslie, well, like. Mostly decides to go to rehab. <laughs> okay. I don't want to be addicted to too many things. Alright, so that's going to lead us to the day after. As you guys walk out of the room, um, Ernest is finishing up his morning cup of coffee, and he makes sure everything's everyone is loaded up and ready to go. And after a short amount of riding, you come up to a large building that takes up multiple blocks. Standing out front, you can see Jeb leaning against a wall, smoking. Since, or since it might be a while... Until uh, I'll see y'all again, I thought I'd be here to personally bid you farewell. And uh, Ernest says, Jeb, you know you didn't have to come all the way out here just to see us. And Jeb grins widely at Ernest, and he says, Well, trust me, Ernest. It's my pleasure. And then you hear a loud clunk, and a large door begins to open. A man walks out, and he looks over uh, to Jeb. He says, uh, these, these are the guys? Uh, yes, they are. Everyone, everyone meet uh, Horace Jensen. Minister of Affairs overseeing the uh, internal business here in uh, Opulence. He says, howdy, everyone. Uh, what do we say we get y'all loaded up? And uh, he yells for uh, some people, and you can see a few wagons begin to be pushed out of the building, filled to the brim with large wooden crates, and the men are clearly struggling. Ernest says, all right, everyone, let's uh, get the horses hitched onto the wagons, and we'll head out towards Mountain Ridge. Both of you give me a... Investigate a mystery check real quick. So five for Ray. We're gonna have a lot of experience to mark up this one. <laughs> That's a four. wow. Okay. So yeah, Jeb uh, turns towards Ernest and he says, "The thought of you being anywhere near that sleazebag Benson has got me fired up." And uh, Ernest says, "Don't worry, Jeb. You ain't got nothing to worry about. We'll be fine." Just uh, all right. Well, uh, everyone, be safe. If things go wrong, I'm one call away. Everybody uh, says their goodbyes. And um, as you know, everybody's taking a little bit, a little bit of time to climb up on the wagons because it's been a little while because y'all have been on horses. Uh, Tilly pipes up. She says, uh, "Ernest, I don't mean to rush you, but can we please get the hell out of here?" He says, "Oh yeah, uh, sorry, Tilly. Uh, everyone ready? Let's ride." And you guys ride out of town into the vast but familiar expanse of emptiness. For two days, you ride. Um, and besides the absence of a few people, things start to feel like they're returning to normal, heading east into unknown territory until the sun falls behind you. You set up camp as normal, and by earnest reckoning, uh, the party should convene sometime tomorrow around sunset. You all tuck in for the night, letting the cool night air and the sound of the silence lull you, and Harvey and Tilly are sitting guard. Now we're just in the wagon going back. Uh, yeah. Now I'll look over to Faye and tell her there's something I need to tell her. And I, like, close the little pipe behind the wagon so they can't hear me. 
Alright, Faye. What am I about to say for now? Days between us. You guys talking up there? What you talking about? I'm bored. Shut the fuck I'm up, Dan. Okay. You remember our encounter with the three stags not too recently? Yes. One of them recognized me, but I didn't know who he was. I had a similar situation. The guy outside the PK headquarters called me a lieutenant and said I, he was in my platoon. At some point, I was in the PK. I got some weird flashbacks to when I was young. Now, that weird communicator I had that I didn't know what it is, I know it's a PK communicator. The issue is, I got no idea what's happening. But for now, we keep this from the others until I have answers. I'm going to, like, visibly recoil and go, You're a fucking narc? Apparently, I had no idea. Foreman, like, I left, I think. I'm gonna pull the dented box out of my bag, and I'm gonna put my PK communicator in it. Okay. And then offer the box to Charles. I was just gonna take the box, because let's say he says, I want to figure out if they did anything to bug this or not, and I'll test it against mine. You are very welcome to. Puts the box away, and then he says, all right, remember, between us, I gotta find some answers first. Luckily, heading to Peru, so I might be able to. Okay, so yeah, uh, you guys ride like you normally do, except there's only the three of you. And um, you're about four days into the trip. Sorry, you're, th- you're three days into the trip, which means that Ernest and the group had just left that morning. So you know that you've got about a day before you meet up with them, roughly by, you know, estimating distances. And uh, you wake up with the sun, the warmth hitting your face, and uh, you're greeted by a strange ruckus. And you hear Ernest say, Oh God, oh God, what the fuck happened? We're, we're, we, uh, we just kind of, we get up, we're looking, like, what, what, we, what, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I just, we're like right there. Yeah, uh, you both spring out of bed and survey, survey your surroundings. You see uh, everyone standing around, and in your drowsiness, it takes you a second to get your thoughts together. And then you see it, uh, a large red oasis in the middle of the wasteland, and Harvey laying right in the middle of it. Ernest cries out, Wes, Ray, get over here, now! As you get a walk over, you can see that his head has been cracked open. And Teddy quickly makes a call and puts in a request for emergency services from opulence. Guys, guys, I have a first aid kit. It's fine. He says, hand me the first aid kit. We can try to stop the bleeding. Uh, Teddy, how how far out? Doc says five minutes. God, so hurry the fuck up. Harv, come on. Come on, son. You're okay. Come on. We've been through so much together. You can't give up on me now, son. Come on. You're okay. A few minutes later, you see a huge metal spheroid-shaped vehicle come over the horizon, hovering above the ground. The same kind that you've seen very few times, and the last time being Dan's accident. Uh, It flies overhead and makes a smooth landing, and as they land, a large door flies open and a ramp comes down. Half a dozen people rush over it and put Harvey onto a stretcher. Uh, He's he's lost a lot of blood. We need to get him to Eve. We need to evac him to the hospital right now. Ernest says, okay, I'll, I'll go with. And Teddy stops, and he looks around, and he says, hey, is... Anyone seen Tilly? And Ernest looks around and begins calling for her. He says, fuck, shit, fuck. 
fuck, this isn't good. This isn't good at all. And uh, Ernest starts pacing as they begin to work on Harvey to stabilize him. He says, everyone look for her now. I need to call Faye. And he walks off to uh, make the call while everybody begins to search. And um, your communicator goes off. Oh, uh, again, yours. I'm assuming you guys are going to start looking for Tilly? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, the doctor says, if you're coming, we need to go now. And uh, Ernest says, fuck, okay. You guys keep looking. Um, uh, call me with any updates. And as Harvey, uh, Ernest, and the blimp fly off towards opulence, the only ones left are Ray, Wesley, Teddy, and Spike. Uh, you look around for over three, four hours, scouring every inch of the waste, searching every destroyed building, every cave, every hole, no matter how small, until he's nowhere to be found. Well, let's pick it up. Okay. It's Ernest again. And he says, Faye, we we got a problem. What happened? Tilly's gone. She's what? 